Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging a hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptana, and today we'll be walking through how to use themes and seasons to engage positively with 2024. The new year is usually when we look back at the year behind us with gratitude and regret while making resolutions on how we're going to move forward from here usually by doing things differently. New Year's resolutions are the butt of a million jokes because they tend to be so grand and unattainable, we can't hold the course for more than a couple of weeks and then we chuck the entire enterprise going back to the way we've been doing things all along. Or the benefits and rewards are too few and far between, even non-existent, because we're supposed to just be grateful for the existential improvement in our lives, which we can't sustain in the way the resolution requires. Beyond all this, the most common resolutions stem from shoulds, as in, we should weigh a certain amount to be happy. We should do more of this or that. We should have this much money or this type of success. We should socialize more, pay attention to ourselves more, work less or more, and on and on and on. These feel like common sense, not necessarily because they are, but because we are immersed in these messages in all aspects of our lives, from social interactions to TV, movies, streaming to social media. The thing to know about shoulds is they aren't common nor necessarily sense, and they aren't really about us or our well-being. They're the messages from others about what is considered right or best or normative for a variety of reasons, most of which are none of these things, and we've been told adjusting ourselves to these norms will have positive effects for us. They're like mass-manufactured clothing, which is advertised as being intrinsically fabulous, and therefore able to make us look fabulous if we purchase and wear it. Reality meets the road when we try each piece on. It can be confusing to find we don't look fabulous in a certain piece of clothing, and cause us to try and search out what is wrong or even what we have done wrong to cause a non-fabulous outcome. It's only when we realize we've misunderstood the purpose of the clothing that things begin to fall into place. The clothing may or may not be fabulous, but its purpose is to be purchased, not to improve us. The advertising is enticement, not sound advice. Our looks are secondary and only as important as they cause us to return for more purchases. Resolutions of this nature are like a block of stone you're meant to make into a sculpture. The real you is trapped inside all of the excess, the bad, and the useless. So you remove and refine, taking sharp and blunt instruments to yourself, scrubbing with abrasives, forcing and deconstructing, until you have beauty and perfection. Just ignore the fact that most artistic and revered sculptures are about violent acts or violent people. So put aside the fact that shoulds are like advertising that is trying to get you to do something for somebody else's benefit, Put aside the actual acts of resolutions, trying to carve pieces of you away, and I have to say that the process of recalibrating for a new year isn't bad. New Year's celebrations and plan setting are really a way in which we come into relationship with ourselves. This moment of quiet when all the hullabaloo is done and we're preparing for a new year is when we reaffirm who we are now and the life we desire to create. How we identify in this moment matters because it influences the choices we make and the experiences we'll have. If we relinquish our power to others, accept the shoulds at face value and as more important than our own knowing and wisdom, then we'll set goals which don't match what we need, which set us up to fail, 
which reiterate our inabilities and reconfirm our brokenness. We'll once again become an example of all the New Year's resolution jokes and gain a bit more brokenness for our trouble. Instead, what I recommend is a more curious, exploratory, and self-affirming approach, one which gives tons of positive feedback and encouragement while engaging our positive creativity. For the new year, why not pick a theme? Themes can be the subject we want to explore, the thing we find relevant, the means by which we can steer our year, or the perspective we want to view and evaluate it through. Rather than setting a singular specific goal to achieve and forcing ourselves to take on restrictive tasks and steps to achieve it, we can choose to create a beautiful basket where we collect various experiences, skills, knowledge, and habits, which are all related to each other and support our enfolding ourselves further into being. For example, rather than setting a resolution to lose that last 15 pounds, we can have a theme of positive body movement. Within this theme, we can include regular exercise, but also running around after children or playing with the dog at the dog park. We can explore line dancing and pickleball, going to outdoor music festivals with friends, sledding or tubing on surprise snow days, walking around unexplored areas of our neighborhood to find what's there, and pretty much anything else which might come to mind. We're far more likely to do something and repeat it if we enjoy it and it fits into the life we're already living. And while your logic brain is telling you stories about you don't, so you can't and you won't, I want you to think about what you can and would do if someone offered you a fully paid trip to the destination of your dreams. You know, Bali, Legoland, Cancun, Greece, a week at the most haunted hotels in the world. I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of your objections would disappear like that, and you'd do extraordinary feats of planning, arranging, and managing in order to be available for the situation, all in record time. Take that, brain. Setting themes allows us to harness this creative ability for our benefit, which therefore benefits everyone around us. It also calls us to participate differently than with resolutions. Resolutions tend to have very specific goals and milestones which must be met in a specific order and time frame. It also is very uneven in its feedback and is a bit like a stoic authority figure who gives us no praise but is quick to punish failure. Most resolutions are set up to be intrinsically worthy, so doing them is your reward. It's on you to cheer yourself on or reward yourself for each increment achieved, which can feel less than energizing or even double the effort for little return. If you fail, then you get to feel all the negative consequences, including a hit to your self-worth and self-esteem, escalation of your negative self-talk, as well as possible light-to-medium negative feedback from family, friends, or community, which may or may not be couched as encouragement. Themes allow for curiosity, exploration, discernment, play, and variable engagement. Within your theme, you don't have to have a rigid daily schedule if that doesn't work for you. Therefore, you can't fail at keeping one. If you're allowed to explore many different ways to participate in the year's theme, then it's more than likely you can find something each day or even each mood which fits in and allows you to be more fully the way you want to be for this year. Themes also allow for partial credit. Resolutions are often set up as a binary, either succeed or fail. So, as Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. But in a theme, trying is a big part of it. And if you tried something, did part of something, or repeated something to get a little bit better at it, that all counts. 
In fact, there are scheduling calendars and planners set up for theme tracking where, rather than checkboxes, there are circles with lines through them. So you can literally give yourself partial credit for the things you've decided to do within your theme by filling in part of a circle and then count up how much participation, practice, exploration, and unfolding you're doing through the year. This changes things from subtraction of self to adding. Rather than taking things away from yourself, you're nourishing, supporting, and unfolding yourself, or at least figuring out ways to do so which work best for you. Themes can also be subdivided into seasons. As adults, these two things are both true simultaneously. A, a year is a tiny fraction of time and too little to get everything done we need or want to do, and B, a year is an unholy long amount of time to keep focused on one goal and not be distracted, diverted, or just give up. With themes, we can take things in smaller chunks, which makes both progress and feedback more immediate and satisfying. Seasons don't have to follow the calendar, although this can be an easy way to keep track of things. For years now, I've thought of winter as the winter of my disco tent, which keeps me in a good frame of mind during overly dark days. This year, I've also made it my season of Faulkner, and so I'll be reading one of the novels each month and digging into the literary criticism about them. Yeah, I'm a book nerd, it's what we do. But you can make a season be anything you want, and you can make them as short or as long as you want. You can make them a six-month moratorium on something which annoys you, for example. It's not unusual for people to do this with social media, but it can also be anything online like movies or podcasts or relatives. You can have something be monthly. You can try 12 new things this year. Or if you have three different directions you want to go in for some aspect of your life, or all of it, try each one for four months and see which one is the best at the end of the year. The answer may be all, it may be none, or there may be a clear winner, but no matter what, you will be more than you were before, which is a huge win. New Year's themes and seasons are wonderful things. They can help guide us through a year full of surprises and challenges, help us focus on what is important in a tsunami of competing claims on our time and energy, and support us in achieving long-term goals. They can be the angel on our shoulder giving us permission to take care of ourselves. They can support our prioritizing a healthy relationship with ourselves, which gives us the firm foundation to create good and healthy relationships with others. They can challenge us to find our edges, to find new aspects of ourselves, to dig deep and become more than we have ever been. One thing to keep in mind is all of these may mean going within ourselves rather than moving outside. The edges we need to find might be in the area of self-care, refraining from taking on new challenges which distract us from our true needs, or coming into a deep relationship with our emotions. The area we need to dig deeply into might be the fear which causes us to dig deep everywhere but our own heart. Becoming more than we have ever been might fall into the realm of gifting ourselves with the graceful and loving parenting we didn't receive when we were a child. We might be challenged to become our own white knight and save us from a life of shoulds, from there, the next aspects of ourselves can manifest and unfold. Happy 2024. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patron of honor this week, Laura Rowland. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. For $5 a month, you can join in patron-only classes, see what workshops I'm giving, and all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Terry Utena.
Thanks.